Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Drevens. Wow. Fascinating. What a conversation. Who'd have thought? Compare and contrast. I was just about to say, who'd have thought that um, different countries have so many similarities? We've had it before when we looked at the comparison between the UK and Canada, Mm. but I find it remarkable that dentistry operates in a very similar way in the UK and Germany as well. I love I love the fact that it's similar, but also different in mm. the fact of the you know the number of dentists is oh yeah amazing yeah it? number of dental schools number of practices it's like yeah. larger but in population size it's not that yeah. much larger and the funding and the support for those rural practices mm, yeah and when Christian was saying how actually you get more patients available to you. You make more in, money in, in rural areas. In those locations and in the cities where there were fewer patients mm. per dentist. Yeah. No, it was really remarkable. I and, thought it was great. Goodness. And he's done so well. He's got such a broad range of services. And it's just fascinating to hear about the other market. Yeah. And you know what? He's a nice guy as well. Really nice guy. No, well worth a listen. Yeah. And if you enjoy Dentology, please do subscribe because there's new episodes coming every week. Thank every you very much. Week. So today we are, we're very fortunate. Um, we're joined by Christian Henrique, and Christian is the founder of Opti Health Consultancy in Germany, which is the largest dental consultancy in Germany. Impressive. Very impressive. Hello, Christian. How are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, thanks very for good. Me. No, thanks for joining us. I'm oh, really pleasure. excited to have the, the conversation today because obviously we're UK based. Um, most of our listeners are UK based, and I think sometimes because we're an island and we have water that goes around us, it's <laughs> easy to spend time just looking at your your space and where you are. And I think that to get the experience of what you do in Germany and, and kind of compare and contrast how our different um, worlds operate will be a fascinating conversation. But before we get to that, we need to find out a bit about you and, and your background. So can we get a bit of background on you, your childhood? Um, it just gives us some context for what's going to be a, a great conversation. Uh, so uh, first about me and then about the Brexit? Or? Yeah, yes. Ah, yeah, Brexit. We <laughs> yeah, we can, Brexit. That's fine. We can edit that back out. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> However, I did see today, did you see the thing today of how much money that there's a big levy? Just I don't know if you'd read about it, but there's a big levy going to be on the the European Union. It's like billions and billions of dollars because they need to fund something. Oh, really? So, so uh, there was this big thing of finally Brexit, UK, you don't have to pay this bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things. <laughs> it's 57 billion, I think it was, was the bill that's going to be wow. passed down. So there you go. Look yeah, at that. The, don't you love the it? Numbers, the numbers I see is uh, that, um, that it's 100 billion missing in the growth of the UK uh, economy every year uh, due to your... Um, to your lost approach to the European market. So it's it's yeah. p- pretty expensive, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. I don't yeah. think anyone, I mean, I know we're getting a bit political. I don't think really anybody, I don't think anyone in the UK actually ever believed it was going to happen. And, and yeah. I don't know if you know this, but one of the most searched terms after the, mm-hmm. um, the a vote was um, what is the EU? And it's like, that's a little bit late, boys. <laughs> you should have probably yeah, yeah, yeah. thought about that before you voted. So I think it took him on th- I think surprise. you're right. I think a lot of people, it was it was a, a misunderstood protest vote. And they didn't yeah. quite, as you say, I don't, I don't think they quite thought that it was going to happen. Um, and it, it, it was an incredibly close vote as well. Um, mm. 
And I find it quite remarkable that when you're measuring something at less than one percentage point, yeah. it has such a profound right. impact for generations yeah. to come. There wasn't a, a recount or yeah. there wasn't a buffer mm. that said there has to be a vote. It has to be by at least 3%, 5%, whatever it might have been. I, mm. I find it quite remarkable, but, but we are where we are. I say we are. Yeah. And here we are. I, I think it's very easy uh, to upset the people with very easy terms. Uh, it's it's always the same playbook. We, we know the playbook in Germany as well. And... Uh, uh, as you know, and um, I think there is, the, you will find very few people who does more harm to the UK than Nigel Farage. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's uh, after all, I, I miss the United uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, I I adore the United Kingdom. I I was a very early fan of the United Kingdom because I think your role in the European Union was always very very clever and in the history of Europe. Uh, uh, French and Germany and the Netherlands, they all uh, 300, 400 years, they fight each other uh, mm. through uh, through the landscape. And uh, the Brits, they conquer the ocean, they conquer the world, they were everywhere, but they say, okay, you guys, um, you guys uh, in, in the bin in Europe, uh, um, do whatever you want. It's not our war, uh, and you were very, very clever. And uh, I think um, you did a very good job, uh, 400 or 500 years. Um, uh, and um, <laughs> you reached out to every region, region in the world, and uh, you, uh, with Adam Smith, you started the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. You bring wealth to the world. So I think there's a lot of plus points uh, until the Brexit. Uh, you mm. you get your credits for him. Yeah, and ultimately we are all joined up. You know whether whether it's for a European Union or not, yeah. we we do all live together. Everything's on the same interlinked. Planet. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah every, every, everything's interlinked. So whilst that kind of there's the end of that union. Um, it's nice that, that people can continue to have relationships and trade um, without without that. Um, but yeah, it was an, an interesting time in the UK for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, back to you. Yeah, so let's take us back to your, to, back, back to your childhood. How did, how, uh, how, how did you get brought up, Christian? I hoped I could go through that. So were you trying to avoid that one, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I was uh, now grown up in Germany and um, I uh, went to the United States, to Atlanta. Uh, I worked for the German-American Chamber of Commerce uh, and we helped a small and mid-sized German companies to enter the um, market in the southern United States. And back then I... Um, I met some some big dental companies like Patterson, Henry Schein, and um, I met some dentists. And uh, I was in a treatment at a dentist, and I was wondering, oh, this guy is wearing a suit. Uh, I knew the dentists in Germany; they were all white, and it was uh, there was no picture on the wall. It was just very clean and in the united states it was like a little bit more entertaining mm -hmm. much more expensive and <laughs> everything was great everything was great and i say okay there's so many difference it's um they ask me if i want to uh, brighten up my teeth they ask me if i want to do this and that and so on and so on and so on and back at home i knew my dentist as okay 
I have an injury or I have um, I, I felt feel some pain in my tooth and I go to the dentist. So I said, okay, I could maybe do an arbitrage on that knowledge. So I try to gain some knowledge in the United States. I went back to Germany, um, uh, um, hired with a um, German uh, software company for dentists. Mm -hmm. And uh, developed a dentist practice, dental practice management program. Um, the program became the market leader in Germany uh, with uh, more than 13,000 units uh, installed. We have 45,000 dentists in Germany, as 45,000 dentists uh, who mm. are self employed in a praxis. And at all, there are 70,000 dentists in Germany. So, um, wow. That was back uh, 2004, 2005, and 2006, I founded my consultant uh, company and, uh, yeah, we developed the consultant uh, company through, um, from uh, quality management, process management, hygiene management, uh, praxis founding, uh, praxis selling, uh, and, and so on. So we try to cover the whole process of a praxis. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we always try to to find some new things, try to develop some new software to help <laughs> the dentist to uh, be more efficient. So mm -hmm. my goal is overall to uh, make the dentist more productive, more efficient. And uh, it's uh, we have a big problem to find new employees. We have uh, um, we have labor shortage in Germany as well. It's mm. a horror in the dental practice right now. And what we always try to do is to fasten up the processes mm. to um, uh, to um, to make the practice more to 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 help the practice making more revenues uh, with less cost. To, yeah. Let's easily say with less staff involved to um, to help the staff mm. to. Um, be more um, uh, be more efficient to know more tools mm. to try to use to uh, more new tools and give them more education in Germany from 230,000 dental employees uh, just 10% of them are educated have a further education uh, so it's a big gap it's a big lack of information and mm. education and this is the reason why overall uh, the dental market um, is uh, hasn't grown their productivity in 20 to 30 years. Wow. And this is the market where we work in. Wow. Did, did Germany it. suffer like the UK has in the post-COVID? I think we lost what they reckon are one and a half million people yeah. just stopped working. You know, and it wasn't to do with immigration and people returning to Europe. It was just like people, I think they were saying mainly in their 50s, yeah. just decided they weren't going to go and work again. Is that the same experience of Germany that yeah. you sort of, these people have just disappeared from the workforce because they didn't want to work yeah, anymore? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Normally, we knew out of a big crisis that the people used to work longer. Mm. So you see a big crisis, you say, oh, the people say normally, Okay, I need to save my money. So it's mm. it's a good idea to work some more years. Well, it's it's almost a bit like the depression, money. wasn't it? The depression and of the nineteen twenties. People worked their way out of the depression. Exactly, yeah. and we uh, we have so many problems in our uh, history, like nineteen forty five, the mm. Weimar Republic, nineteen twenty, 
and mm-hmm. so on and so on. And in all this crisis, and even in the oil crisis in the 70s, and some other depressions, economic uh, economy depressions, mm-hmm. uh, the purple, uh, the people used to work longer. And now it's the first crisis where we see the opposite. Mm-hmm. We see that the people went out of the market, they're 63 or 62, and say, okay, that's it for me. Uh, Mm. I don't want to work any longer. So mm. we see the same problem. Uh, we have a massive uh, exit out of the labor market. Mm. Yeah. Just going back to your your stint in America, um, was that was that kind of after your school years and you went to work out there, or did you just yeah. were you so you specifically went to gain employment, or did you have a job before you went to America? Uh, yeah, in Germany we do some kind of um, uh, traineeships. So it's like a three-year traineeship right. uh, in the branch. It's not a, a, a universal studies. Yeah, uh, it's uh, um, yeah, it's a very well-known system in Germany. So you get trained for two or three mm-hmm. years, and then you're um, yeah a trained bank clerk and so on. And I was a trained bank clerk, and then I went to the United States. Uh, to improve my very bad English back then, it's more than 20 years ago. It's way better so, than my German. <laughs> it's way better than my German. You're fine. Those days. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then uh, after that, I uh, started um, my studies uh, parallel to my work at the dental company where we developed the practice management software right. system. Mm. And it was that that first exposure with the practice management software system that was your your entree into into dentistry that was your your first experience yeah, yeah my my first uh, my my idea to go into this industry was in the united states i say i want to work in that industry and then i said by me okay where can i work mm. uh, is it a good idea to learn the industry to work uh, on the supply side is it a good idea to to study dentistry mm. is it a good idea to blah, 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 blah. and one of the uh, possibilities was to work uh, in a software company and i said okay software is the future mm. software uh, digitalization every every process needs to be digitalized And um, so I said, okay, I want to choose a progressive way and uh, I choose uh, the software Mm. company. And the software company you work for, was that quite groundbreaking? Was it it quite innovative as a a company back in the day when you joined them? Was there, were there many companies doing what this company was doing? Because I just look at (laughs) where you're at now and you talk about the efficiencies that you, you bring to dental practice. Were you having to effectively create a new market for those services yeah it was back then we had uh, more than 60 dental software companies in germany and uh, it was all around uh, to the 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 treatment mm. and uh, the uh, billing and in germany you have a quite uh, complicated uh, insurance back end you have more than 350 insurances and you have wow. yeah some some uh, strict laws to it Flip. so um to uh, the first um approach was uh, to help the dentist to get uh, to 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 get a good handling to make sure he claimed properly insurance with the insurance company so you make the treatment 
and the you get uh, paid for it. Mm. So this was the first picture, the first aspect of software. Um, now, 20 years later, you need uh, a lot more uh, software. You need the ERP system. Mm -hmm. So you need uh, uh, all the things where you plan your resources, uh, where you plan your, your materials, your hygiene, all the processes, all the tasks for all the um, staff. And then you um, have the patient. This is a customer relationship management. Mm -hmm. You have the patient. You need to um, you need to uh, treat the patient. You need to get built. Uh, you need to get paid for the patient, and you need to recall the patient. Mm. So you have these two systems. And the big problem in German was that uh, over all these years, the com the software companies earned so much money just with uh, the treatment and the billing. So just with the CRM side, mm -hmm. um, that they they just cashed out and they didn't uh, uh, didn't do a further development uh, mm. on the software system. Right. So we have on all of the rest, all of the ERP side, there was no, zero uh, development in 20 years. Right. So the practices don't have any chance to, um, to gain their productivity mm. through the years. Um, Besides educations and no, mm -hmm. better handlings of the stuff. Um, so just right now in the last, like through the COVID years, the company started to develop uh, tools to help them in the ERP backend. Mm. And a German dentists, um, like UK dentists, have started to become a bit more of salespeople, whereas they're now starting to present treatment plans uh it's interesting so it was all privately funded is that that on the insurance policies or was there any government funding in there at all uh the market in germany is uh, 30 billion you have uh um, 50 percent of it so 15 billion are government um financed and 50 billion are private financed oh, okay so uh, you have um every 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 citizen of Germany, every um, every people that works or, or lives in Germany, don't necessarily don't need necessarily be a German um, yeah a German citizen um, is uh, insured. Right, is have have the basis insurance, and with the basis insurance, all the uh, teeth treatments are in there. And then you have the possibility to change your and um, to change your insurance system to be private insured. Right. Then you get um, some some money from the state, and the, re the you pay the right. rest so you by sort your of top it up. You yeah. with your own bits right? on top, and then you have the chance to get better treatment. This is a very big picture, yeah. so it's way yeah, more yeah, complicated yeah. than I explained to you right now. So, and uh, this private in insurance. Uh, companies um, they are w much cheaper when you're young so when you're 20 25 mm. you pay one third uh, uh, of the um, of the general um, health insurance system from the state and when you're later you pay double mm -hmm. or yeah. The yeah. three times the uh, the yeah the public uh, insurance uh, policies. Wow. Yeah. And I imagine, going back to your point about software... Cool. That's a, complicated, well, then, isn't it? I was just about to say, from a practice management point of view, 
I assume you need to reconcile who you're being paid by, what you're being paid for, um, making sure you're you're actually being paid. So I imagine that's quite a complicated business management tool because compared to the UK, the UK system is is relatively straightforward. We have NHS and private and private comes in a couple of different ways, but typically with private, you either receive a regular monthly direct debit from your patient or it's pay as you go. So when they come in, they pay when they receive their Mm. dentistry or the government backed NHS system is you receive a monthly amount into your bank account and it's roughly the same amount every single month and that comes mm. in. Those are the only two systems. And mm-hmm. if you have an insurance max scheme, typically that would be, sometimes the practice might get paid, but invariably it gets paid to the patient and then the patient pays. So it's nothing like as complicated as the mm. as the system that you've just described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Especially yeah. volumes, isn't it? You know, if you think that all those transactions you're claiming, unless you've got something to actually manage it, you're definitely odds of not claiming something that you should be claiming for. Yeah. It starts to make sense now how, how your group has, has grown and evolved that you're looking for efficiencies. You're, you're looking to try to free the, the dentist, the clinician up to see patients and you're looking to try and take care of those Mm. back end efficiencies through software. And, and you kind of, it looks to me like that's kind of how you grow. Because I know when we spoke before, you talked about your your infantry, your your stock management system as well, which in, again is another great example mm. of how it frees the dentist up to do more dentistry. And I think we're seeing AI and other tech coming into dentistry that is meaning the dentist can spend more time talking to their patient, which ultimately is where they're gonna where they're gonna make their money. Yeah, absolutely. So. You need to free them uh, that they are able to work to to be more efficient. Um, um, but um, what I what I need to say is that um, the dentists are able uh, to delegate a lot of their treatments to their employees as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last couple of years, they. Uh, uh, they started to ve- develop practice management system, practice managers, uh, CEO of a practice. Uh, since 2015, they're allowed. Uh, investors are allowed to get into the market and buy dental practices. Mm-hmm. So we have some uh, big DSOs uh, in Germany as well, and they try to uh, make the system more efficient as as well. But overall, you have we have the 30 um, billion. Uh, in the market, uh, who are uh, who get spended for dental treatments uh, year by year, and this uh, amount is growing uh, every mm. year about one to two percent. Uh, so um, in Germany, we have we have a pretty we have pretty good figures um, on the zero to three year old, three year old to the eleven year old, and the eleven year old to the grown ups. So the figures, how the treatment and it's counted. So it's like one to three years. They always count the the holes in the teeth. Mm. How many teeth have a hole? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, you have uh, you have unbelievable low numbers. Mm. But when you look into the numbers, you have um, eighty-five uh, percent uh, of the zero to three. Um, they have zero holes, and fifteen percent have five holes. So you have um, you have a growing uh, a population uh, 
who don't got access to the dentist, mm. who is not uh, a lot of immigrants, mm. uh, a lot of uh, people where the, the the parents don't care about mm. their kids. Uh, and this is the problem we need to handle the next mm. couple of years. But the general dental treatment, I must say, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's a big amount, um, isn't it, compared to probably the UK's. I can't remember what the UK yeah. budget is, but somehow I think it's significantly cheaper than 30. I know that's euros, but yeah. it, that, that would still, what's that, about 25 billion, billion yeah. sterling? Yeah. I don't think the market is 25 billion. Do you? I wouldn't have thought so. I'd be stunned if yeah. it was. Yeah. Christian, you were saying about um, DSOs. Uh, you know, so in, mm -hmm. in the DSO kind of phrase is creeping into sort of English language now. We would typically have talked to them about as corporates, but corporates, DSOs. Um are they making an impact in terms of German dentistry, in terms of ownership? Because I think in the UK, we're, we're probably around about sort of 30, 35% of dental practices are, really? are owned, yeah, by, by either oh a large DSO. So we have some quite large groups that own, you know, multiple hundreds of practices. Uh, and then we have yeah. others that are down in the sort of tents. Um, really yeah. Really. But like I say, the, the, the corporate side of dentistry has, has grown quite a lot in the last probably 10 years, although <laughs> it's shrinking a bit now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it seems to have kind of hit the buffers a bit. It's definitely slowing down. And we were talking to one of the other businesses we have is a, um, a commercial finance company and they do quite a lot of work, work with pharmacies. Um, and the pharmacy market at the moment is unraveling. So the corporate owners in pharmacy are disposing of their portfolio because they've realized they can't, they can't make it work. And there's the early signs that on the DSO side in, in UK dentistry, it's not quite as, as active and as bullish in, mm. in acquiring practices as it was. I was just interested to hear what the experience what the in German Germany is like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. 30% of the market, this, these are crazy figures. So in, uh, when I understand it right, do I understand it right that 30% of the UK practices are owned by a DSO? Yeah, yeah, but they, they can be very small, so it could be like me owning two. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So it's, it's, okay, there's, it. there's probably, I'm trying to think, probably a thousand practices between maybe Half a three quarters. I'm just yeah. thinking Booper, My, my dentist, dentist, Portman. Portman. You've probably got a thousand yeah. in there, and then the rest of them are all pretty smallish ones. Um, Yes, it's, it's an interesting change. But as Andy was saying, one of the things that we've seen, cause obviously we valued and sold them, is that the ones, especially in the areas that they can't get dentists to, you're back to the recruitment thing, um, they're disposing of because basically they can't run them and make any money out. How many practices yeah, in okay. Germany? So we have uh, 45,000 practices. Uh, out of the 45,000, we have 10,000 big practices, so it was more than one dentist. Wow. And uh, out of uh, these uh, uh, 10,000 dentists, you have around 800 to 1,000 practices who are in a structure for an investor. And by uh, it's maybe like 800 or six to 800 are owned by an investor. Right. The rest is owned by, um, yeah, bigger. And that, and that 45,000 uh, practices, that's actually a dental practice with a dentist in, or exactly, wow, exactly. That's interesting because you were saying that you Brilliant. said, did you say there were 70,000 
dentists in Germany, of which 45,000 mm -hmm. work in, in kind of dental practices. So there's obviously the, the mm -hmm. army and the hospital. So in the UK, we've got 42,000 dentists, but that would include hospitals, armed forces, mm -hmm. and we only have 11,000 dental practices. So, ah, okay. so okay. there's eleven. Rough, it's actually a very hard number to give an exact figure on <laughs> yeah. for, for for different reasons, just because of the way they're measured. Eleven, but, twelve, but it's, it's about eleven, no twelve thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but when you work that back, that works out to be about sixteen hundred people per dentist in the UK. However, I know that we have we our population is about sixty seven million. Yours is about eighty three million, something like that. Yeah, so it's a bit bigger, but you seem to have a lot more yeah, dentists definitely. and a lot more practices available to and, your, and, to your and, population. And are the, a lot of the practices, as as you were saying, are they sort of like single person dentists? So it's like you know some yeah. bloke in a little town or a town that is just his own practice. Exactly. Yeah, you have them overall. You have them in little uh, in the, every little village. You have you have a dentist, wow. and it's uh, it's quite convenient, even uh, uh, especially for the. Um, you see, the the people are all getting older. Mm. So you have in the demography, you have a lot of um, uh, people who are um, who are like 80 90 who are out of out of working uh, yeah. uh, and they are unable uh, to be to have a big mobility right so, so you need a local. they need to get treated close to the to the place where they live and uh, this is a big plus because it, um you have the big problems in uh, with the people who are getting very old that they get like in the in the hospital in the when the people are getting out of the hospitals are in their uh, senior homes mm. so not in their home mm. again i don't know how yeah, you okay home, same sort of I thing think. we have yeah. yeah so our phrase would be dom domiciliary yeah, where people a dentist would go and visit visit a patient that wasn't able to get to the practice yeah. Exactly, and there are some figures actually uh, in Germany. They get brushed their teeth once in a week. Wow! In this kind of homes, and um, they didn't know it until it was uh, researched. Mm. And and this is a problem. Isn't it remarkable People in a in a, in a very civilized state like Germany? And I'm sure that happens in England as well. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not just yeah. I'm, I'm sure it happens here, but it's remarkable in what we consider to be very well-developed countries. Mm. There's still people yeah, exactly. who are only brushing their teeth once a week. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. And like, what what would you say if say they or or Chris when they say, okay, give fifty bucks a month, and we and your parents are in some kind of a home, and we make sure that we at least brush yeah. the the tools of your parents mm -hmm. once a day. So, and this is a big problem. Nobody knows about it, but. As long as the people are not in this kind of uh, treatment centers, um, um, seniority uh, homes, mm. um, it's very important to them uh, that they have the mobility, the flexibility mm. to have a dentist like uh, two miles uh, around wow. of their home. And this is a big plus. And I hope they will stay in the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want that community. Yeah. Helps us. Christian, do those, yeah, do those practices get subsidized in any way? Do they get any government grants or anything like that to serve the local community? Because I imagine from a business point of view, if you're in a small village where you're looking after a, an elderly population, 
financially, it's probably not that rewarding. So I didn't know whether well, the government supported One of the questions it. I was going to ask is, would there be an average sort of revenue for a practice like that? You know, mm. is it, or is it that quite hard to, to come up with a sort of an average, you know, is it 150,000 euros or 500,000 euros? I, because I don't know the price of treatments. So you have um, the figures say overall the average in Germany is on 1,200 patients. You have one dentist. Right. Uh, in the big cities like Hamburg, uh, Berlin, Munich, uh, Cologne, um, you have like uh, 400, 450 patients on one dentist. Wow. And on the landscape, you have 2,000 patients on one dentist. So the big picture is that you make more money in the landscape in comparison to the sales. Oh, yeah, wow. So, okay. <laughs> um, and even in the land, there are some landscape in Germany who are beautiful, but nobody mm. lives there anymore. Then the government uh, writes you a check. Here are 300,000 euros. Uh, uh, you need to stay there for like oh, 10 wow, years. So or, and you get every year 30,000. Or um, we buy you the um, the house uh, or you we give you the landscape and you can mm -hmm. own it. But uh, you need to have your practice there. So uh, there are some um, there are some programs since a long time, since like like 20 right, years. Yeah. So th since I'm in the market, I know these programs, but the, um, the due to the land side that you earn in average more than in the cities, it makes uh, it for the practice uh, in, uh, owners attractive to yeah. the mm -hmm. land side. T taking aside these, these kind of very landscape rural based practices in, in the UK, the, the average size practice has two or three surgeries, so to, so two or three rooms with, with a dental chair, and that practice would typically generate income of about seven hundred thousand pounds, roughly about eight hundred eight hundred and fifty thousand euro, something like that. Is, is that quite typical? Does that compare reasonably well with the German practice? Yeah, the German practices in average do like four hundred fifty thousand euros uh, in revenue. Is that is that per surgery? And or is that is that is that the whole practice? No, uh, for the whole practice for um, uh, in a year. Uh, are you talking just about the surgery specialized? Practices? Yeah. So uh, so let me let me let me explain. So um, a surgery. So by our, our definition, a surgery is a room that has a chair in where you can treat a, a patient. And then the dental practice might have two or three surgeries. So there'd be two or three and we're dentists talking working. Sort of there. general dentistry. Yes. Aren't we, yeah. Right? Gen general dentistry and. Typically, we would expect each of those surgeries to produce about 250,000 sterling, about 300,000 euros per per surgery. So that's kind Running of a, a, full time, yeah, yeah. A, a fairly typical practice. That that would be a good performing practice if it was a, if it was at those numbers. So a two to three surgery practice would be about yeah 700,000 sterling, about 800,000 euros income, something like that. So. Um, surgeries are for you, a dentist who is uh, who's doing yes. surgeries, mm, yeah. right? Okay, okay, now I got it. Um, yeah, um, in Germany you have um, you have a mixed picture. You have as a you have specialized surgery practices mm. where other practices send their treatments to these practices. Right, right. Uh, uh, implantologists or endodontist or yep. perio, something like that, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. And then, then send you the patients yep. back. So 
as a normal normal non-surgery dentist you have the chance um to um uh, to after the surgery and the um the patient uh, is coming back to you with an implant yeah. you uh the put you put the yeah. cons yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on it you same on, same as here uh, isn't it yeah. there's practices like that here yeah yeah and so you have shared revenue in this case so the the guy who put in the implant uh, makes their money and uh, as an old practice you make the money too to the figures um as this kind of specialized practices you earn a lot of more so but it's not that you for this kind of practices you make in between 700,000 and 1 million euros a year uh, um, and normally you have in this practice uh, one and a half uh, people oh, wow. in oh, okay T typically and sorry we're asking you loads of questions here but but what would an uh, an implant typically cost in germany Implant with a prosthetic, as a with yes, a birth, yeah, yeah. So uh, surge, surgery to place it, it, and then um, the restoration on top. Yeah. Okay. You pay um, in in between two thousand and five thousand euros. Oh, so it's okay, it's, so it's similar because ours is about two to two and a half thousand sterling. So. Yeah. Yes. You get some people who do the really uh, cheap ones, but everyone's a little bit dubious as to <laughs> are they ever actually going to so work. You have, you have some, <laughs> You have some gen you have some geniuses uh, here uh, um, who uh, treat like ninety nine percent non Germans and they fly all uh, the way yeah, yeah, yeah. the world <laughs> to let them treat them. They take like more than five. Yeah. Welcome to Harley plus. Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you always yeah, have yeah, these, yeah. these guys everywhere yeah. in yes. the world who treat the uh, who treat. Interestingly for, for enough, Christian, do you is there a in, I, do you, so like Harley Street and Wimpole Street would sort of be the perceived upper end of dentistry, even though we know there's good dentistry in other places. Is there a place in Germany that sort of like is the place that, you know, whether it's like some Strasse in Munich or something in Frankfurt, is that like the the hotbed of dental activity and class in Germany? where Because people do it in the UK. They sort of say, yeah, my, my dentist is in Harley Street because really they're just trying to show okay. off. You know, is there, is there somewhere in, in Germany go, well, actually, my, uh, my, my dentist is in Friedrich strasser in munich or something yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um no you don't have the streets in germany but you have some people where at least as a dentist you know oh you've been at uh, you've been with well, otto yeah uh, in munich otto and mark yeah. in munich and then say okay um this is best uh, of yeah, class okay, that's interesting <laughs> isn't it so yeah. everybody so it's uh, there is there's a implant practice in Munich uh, and they I think they're uh, sometimes when I've been there and they don't let anybody in because two days before they close the parking spaces because the security of some leader of some uh, oh, right. <laughs> some Eastern Europe country is coming to for the treatment so I I, I saw everything <laughs> there and uh, so you have always these uh, these yeah. stars yeah. Uh, uh, the same yeah. at your oh, place. Oh, I was well. going to say, I think every, every country's got them, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they're sort of su yeah, superstar exactly. dentists. Exactly. Um, I know we were very exactly. we were fortunate. And we have them as well as yeah, you guys Yeah, too. I mean, we've been very fortunate through through the podcast. I talked to lots of dentists that um, operate at those levels and they just behave and think differently to many other people. We were fortunate. We spent a couple of days with Miguel yeah. Stanley in Portugal earlier on in the year and we saw his practice. 
and just the level that, that he kind of operates at. And he's very vocal and he's very proud because he looks after Ronaldo. Ronaldo is one of his patients. And Madonna, I noticed. That's right, his yeah. Instagram post yeah. Madonna. Um, but you do. Like I say, in every country, there's always going to be those, those people to operate like that. One thing that stood out for me as well, um, just sort of moving away from kind of the comparing thing, but more about your services, is you have this summer school that you've developed, um, which I, I find interesting because most of your services are very software-led and they're about efficiencies and technology. But over the years, I know when we spoke last time, you told me about this kind of Opti summer school where you kind of effectively help you know, the next generation of practice owners. How, how did that come about and, and what does that look like? Because it's a week long as well, isn't it? Which sounds incredibly ambitious. So we have um, 32 uh, dental schools in Germany and all um, 31 of them are free. Um, so you don't have to pay for it. And we have a lot of uh, very well-trained wow. students and they are um, treatment-wise, they are very, very, very good. It's a, it's a tough, uh, there's tough studies in Germany. They need to do not uh, at least to do all the theoretical stuff, but then they have to, so many semesters, they need to do uh, the work yeah. perfectly and they get, uh, and they otherwise they, they get thrown out wow. of the studies. And uh, nobody uh, cares about because they don't pay for the studies. The state pays for the studies. And um, in the study plan, there is uh, a lack of uh, business uh, mm -hmm. economics. So mm -hmm. they have no human uh, human resource uh, topics, no marketing topics, no um, uh, economics, and so it's on. It's exactly so on. the same and, in the um, UK. Yeah, so there's no different. In, 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 yeah. in the yeah. UK, it is really? all about. Um, clinical work, um, administration, <laughs> yeah, the, the paperwork. There's no, there's no time in the curriculum available at all. So is yeah, it, is the dental degree in Germany the same length as the UK? Is it the same it's length as the UK what? in years? So it's a five-year. It's a five-year degree, degree it's a five here. Five-year degree yeah. in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five it's, years. It's, right, yeah, it's yeah. five. It's, it's yeah. five exactly. Yeah. And then they have a two more like apprentice years in a practice. Oh, okay. They need to uh, cover, and after that, uh, they so after seven years, they are allowed to uh, establish. Right, so we only have classes. one year. So your your two year apprenticeship is like a one year foundation year where they get to apply what they've learned in dental school. So probably yeah, two years is better. Talking to the dentists, isn't it? Because they come out at one year, and that guy was saying today yeah. that they quite often don't know. Yeah. Practicals. So and. Uh, so and what we what we saw over all these years was that they just have no clue what they're what they're doing uh, in order to mm -hmm. the economics. So they got um, they got a debt uh, from mm -hmm. from a bank. <laughs> there there is a there's the bank who specialized on dentists in Germany, um, very big bank. They, so they get very easy money. They could uh, buy uh, an, an operations or they can uh, build up a new <laughs> operations in dentistry. And then they started working. They have um, a margin um, higher than 32% in average. So um, they didn't need to worry about economics. And um, But they worried mm. about economics and they were afraid to... Um, to uh, to take five hundred thousand or one million euros from the bank and take need to take care on the families and need to take care uh, that they pay the money back. So 
we saw this gap and then we uh, we said, okay, we need to um, get the people who want to found a praxis. Uh, we need to get uh, the people together. Uh, we need to bring them together for like mm. for one week. And um, we make closed shops. And then on the first day, we tell them everything about business plans and uh, marketing and how to deal with insurance companies and how to find patients, how to keep patients and so on and so on and so on. And we started it uh, 10 years ago. And um, back then we said, okay, we want to make at least one class. One class is normally in Germany, 16 persons. And uh, it started, nobody wants to come. Nobody was waiting yeah. for us. Nobody was interested in it. So we had like two <laughs> persons and I, I backed a lot of students, uh, a lot of other uh, st uh, folks said okay please come to our course you don't need to you don't need to pay for it we cover everything and the first year uh, we covered everything we paid them 50 euros that they can uh, drive home oh, wow. or to get a train home and so on we, we give them we, so you were paying them money. to come and <laughs> yeah exactly we did we did and um um, the second year mm. was a little better. The third year was just a little better. And now, since uh, five years, we uh, we take uh, we have 100 seats. This is uh, uh, six classes uh, with 16 people, so 98 people, 100 people, and um, we uh, we put them in in, a, in in six different rooms and make a program with them for one week. And this year we received 600 applications for wow. these 100 seats. Last year it was like mm. 420. The year before was wow. 180. Mm. The year before was 140. And have you kept so, this free, Christian, um, for, for the for the kind of the students, the people who are just graduating? Is it still free? We kept it free until last year, year nine. This year was year ten, and this year they right. need to pay for it. So it was a long, 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 long up ramp uh, yeah. to the business. What's in right now? So now they need to pay for it. But last year they didn't need to pay. We had three hundred eighty applications. This <laughs> year we had six hundred applications. They paid for it. So now, um, but our um, our strategy was. We tried to get from every dental school in Germany, we at least um, a mm. handful of people. So we need, uh, we want to use them as mm. satellites to spread yeah, our information. That they talk with, uh, with with the people who mm. they studied with, and we 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 picked out of the six hundred the people who were ready mm. with the studies, who were who were almost yeah. ready with their two year. Or they are ready with that two mm. years, so that we mm. just pick them. That we make sure that in the next six to twelve to eighteen yeah. months, they, mm. they, yeah, actually. Mm. And also, I'd have thought by by bringing people in from all the different dental schools, it, it's quite it, it creates diversity. In that, if you just meet with people mm. who went to the same yeah, dental definitely. school, you would have all had a similar experience. Yeah. Whereas, if you're meeting people from all over Germany. Mm. That's going to be a much more interesting group to mix with. It's a lot of dental schools, isn't it? Thirty-two. Yeah, it's a huge amount. Huge yeah. amount. Yeah, absolutely. We this is so in, right now. It's Austria and Swiss as well. So we cover their dental schools as well. A couple of people came wow. out of the countries. So um, yeah, it's a lot of diversity, and the people talk. They connect with each other. 
And for us, the business case is after uh, the event, they talk with other people yeah. about mm. the event. They, it's a they good store of value really for the future, isn't it? As well, because yeah. you know, not only are they internal and ambassadors right. for you, but also hopefully they will go on to become practice owners and they go, oh, yeah, I remember those guys helped me out right yeah. at the beginning. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And right now for next year, um, and the dental, the uh, Opti Summer School just finished like three weeks ago. Um, or four weeks ago, uh, I think half of uh, our seats for next year are already. Wow. Um, what a lovely position yeah. to be. Uh, we, and we received so many applications right now. It, it will, I think it will be close and to 1,000 applications. Do you keep the same year. number that you've only got the 100 people? Or do you, wow. Yeah, yeah. always 100. We could, we, could, um, we could go up, we could go on 200 or 300. Maybe we do this uh, someday, um, but then we need to change to another right, location yeah. because we don't have enough uh, hotel space there. Yeah, it's and more so complicated. And so on and so on. And I try to avoid that. that uh, yeah. As long and as do I you can. work with other commercial partners with this? Yeah. So I was going to ask: Is there sponsors to come in and? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We 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 need to get it's uh, cost us a couple of hundred yep. thousand euro. And we cover it right. with partners. And there we, first year we had one, the first two or three years we had one partner mm. who believed in us. And uh, uh, after, um, so we make a contract, I think, with three or four years with, or five years with them. And they believe very much in it. And they got paid it back uh, a couple of hundred times because they all right. became the customers. And after that, other companies ask to join, and we ask other companies. We say, "Okay, you, um, you would be a, a, a great company to join, wow. and so on." Mm. And, yeah. And do they this get to speak? Over the so do, you, do they get to do a slot or something, or are they just sort of there? I was just thinking the bank guys. You know, do, mm. do, do the bank guys come and talk about finance so, or whatever? Yeah, so the only thing what we didn't wanted up to now was bank guys and insurance guys. Ah, okay, so interesting. That, that was that was the guys until now who said they will write the biggest check, and they always did. They say we want to be there. We and they they said that they pay double what the other pet. This is true, and but we up until now maybe. Maybe yeah. someday, but normally, as long as I can avoid it, I try to get the bank and insurance guys out of the business. But it's maybe a different system mm. in Germany. I need uh, it in Germany. It's a uh, uh, it's a very very big. Um, we call it provisions provision system. It's a system where they get paid. Um, they make an insurance contract and right, they get a okay. lot of money. So. Um, yeah, so and, in, in the UK, uh, it's commission. You it's, get paid a lot of commission for selling insurance. For, yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah, for selling, right for selling insurance policies, you earn a and, lot of commission. Yeah. And when you, um, and as an insurance guy in Germany, it, um, it's, it's easy for you to sell three, four, five um, yeah. insurances and, 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 and take advantage of uh, three, four, mm. five commissions and uh, don't worry about the rest. And this is a, a very established uh, system in Germany. And as long as the people can handle mm. it in a good way, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's fair and it's okay. Mm. And uh, they, they, 
Receive as long as it's ethical, you don't mind. Do you? It, it sounds like you're yeah. you also want to protect the young dentists. You you know you you yeah, you know they're going to need insurance absolutely. at some point, but you yeah. don't want somebody coming in and just selling yeah, selling yeah. lots of things to to young dentists. Yeah, don't make so a fast buck. Mm. On on on, there are some universities already who ask us um, to come into their like third semester. Um, uh, so after one and a half years, and uh, talk about a financial education, and like the University of Witten, um, they asked us to do it. We started uh, this program last year, and I did the study. So I I'm official in this university to uh, in in ten units to explain wow. the financial ne, education and so on. Blah 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 blah. And um, the in the first uh, session, I asked. So, guys, um, the bank and insurance guys, have they already <laughs> been here? I say, yes. Last semester, wow. second semester. So, they were already in. They all signed a couple of contracts. <laughs> Getting and, quick. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, what we tried to yeah. prevent. Yeah, you, you, uh, you're already too late. <laughs> uh, or what the universities wow. tried to prevent. Wow. Christians, aside from that, what what would you take? What would you take as your key message from being in business, from being a business owner and a and a founder of the business? Mm. If you had to give one bit of advice to anybody else who was looking to get into business, what would that be? Um, I, would, I think that's very easy. Um, I think to follow the passion is is it just a bad mm. a bad joke. So it's mm. everybody say follow your passion and do whatever you want to and uh, have fun with it and uh, this will be perfect. I don't think I think just old rich guys yeah. tell this. Yeah. And normally you need to bite through something. So you have made a topic where you where you're kind of interested in, and then you need to go it. Uh, you need to go through it on the on the hard way. It's mm -hmm. for everyone. For Andy and Chris, it yeah, was yeah. tough for you guys Absolutely. as well. Or nobody, nobody ever. And this is just a bad joke. Had it such an easy way to get mm -hmm. through, and everything was perfect. No. And even these guys had their strugglings in maybe in the head, in mm. the in their uh, emotions, mm. and so on and so on. I think everybody struggles, and everybody got their ups and their downs. And the truth is, um, uh, try to be physical and emotional. Try to keep you fit and updated to get through it mm. and follow your passion. Uh, is normally a look at the guys who tell you follow their passion. They already make the money, uh, uh, and uh, they went through it, and they look back on it, and they thought everything was wonderful <laughs> what they did uh, in their life, and they just did uh, their passion. Mm. And this is just a lie because they for uh, once a they forgot about all the bad things, or b afterwards i can explain yeah. you everything mm. i think that's yeah. a really honest answer i think you're right i think it's really easy once you've had some success um to forget how hard yeah. it was on the way it's like having small children yeah who then yes. become big children you forget <laughs> sleepless nights and all yeah. that stuff don't you? yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah ex exactly so i don't so my, my, my first children at uh at 12 and 11 i said okay it was never <laughs> a problem with them when they were young i slept always yeah. through it was oh, i don't know what you're talking about and even my parents say uh so with you guys yeah. you have <laughs> problems, 
No, no, no. I don't know what you. I don't know. You make it all so complicated. <laughs> oh, it was so easy for us to just. It was so and so, on. and we could not. Work, we could work besides this. We could make uh, uh, lunch and yes, dinner every yes. day. It was easy. And of course, we went out uh, last night, and it was easy. And now <laughs> you make uh, such a big deal. It's okay. exactly the same. It's very true, Christian. We could we could talk all day, but we need yeah, to, fascinating. Um, really yeah, fascinating. I, I think the comparison between the markets is. Is, is great. It's similar and different, isn't it? That's yeah. what I think is the exciting, yeah, is the yeah, interesting yeah. bit is the fact it's similar, but different. One in size, size and scale, mm. but also two in funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, we always um we always finish up in the same way with our guests, and we always ask the same two questions. And the first question we have for you is, okay. if you could be the fly on a wall in a situation, where would you like to be, and who would be there? And it can't be Nigel Farage. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, Chris, you you got me. I want to say I I wanted to be in the room with Nigel Farage in the negotiations, and if he really thinks that. If he ever talk about <laughs> yeah, figures, yeah, yeah. they just yeah, <laughs> did he ever they just talk made them up. <laughs> <laughs> did he ever talk about the rational? <laughs> and uh, I would like to have uh, some uh, uh, some people on the wall. No, okay, if you don't want to uh, pick him, um, I pick another situation. I uh, pick the conference of Yalta after the Second World War uh, with uh, Stalin, Roosevelt, and Churchill. Um, Churchill and uh, the uh, negotiations after World War II, uh, what uh, will happen uh, with uh, with um, Germany, how mm. we split up, what we do, and there were there were topics. Um, what we know, right? What we now know is that there were um, uh, um, uh, there were things on the list like uh, kill all office. Uh, 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 mm. officers so kill all soldiers who are back then and so on and so there were so there were some very very um mm. difficult and bad things to negotiate on this conference and uh, what we know now is that churchill uh, had uh, by far the clearest mind and uh, had the best su suggestions and the the Europe we see now is uh, is based on uh, on on a on a very strong and very good negotiation uh, uh, due to uh, Churchill. And I would love to be at uh, in this room and would love to have um, um, people uh, next to me uh, who listen to yeah, what happened um, and uh, yeah. what is. Uh, what has happened and how this can influence the um, the history, mm. and I would love to take taking uh, <laughs> taking a stand, taking a stand. Some of the guys, um, but, but such listen, an important conference in terms account. of shaping yeah. modern day Germany. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's vital, isn't it, in the in yeah. the, the nation's I, recent history? I must admit, I hadn't realised until I was reading some books of how how hard from the end of the Second World War. The, 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 and I'm going to say this: the poor old German prisoners of war. You know, they some of them weren't returned until the fifties. Wow! From from Russia, you know, yeah, from Russia, you just think that's that's nuts. You know, that's like nine and, or ten um, years after the Second World War ended. Yeah. You just sort of don't get it, really. 
Stalin made the proposal to kill all German generals and officers. So thousands of people who who were imprisoned yeah, to, mad, to kill them. And uh, Roosevelt back then was very old, and he was uh, he was weak at this days. Now Stalin mm. was a strong man these days, and Churchill was strong. And Churchill wow. did did the, uh, what what we know right now. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting. Amazing. And then our follow-up question is: If you could meet somebody, who would you like the opportunity to sit down and have a, a glass of beer or a cup of coffee with? And it's not Farage again. Um, I'd like to pick uh, Mark ah. Zuckerberg and uh, talk with him about. Um, he made very good money over his life, and he built up a very important company. And um, I would ask him if you know how much uh, harm um, these social network put to mm -hmm. young boys and girls and to the uh, population of the world and uh, with the fake news with the uh, inflection of um, of maybe um, the mm. next 2024 uh, Biden yeah. Trump um, how do you call yeah, it the, yeah. uh, election yeah, yeah. With, with a, and um, if he is uh, thinking about to uh, prevent or what is he thinking about with all his money what can he how can he make his social network more sure mm. get rid of mm -hmm. uh, fake news and uh, turn down all the aggressiveness and uh, make just a much much better job uh, for uh, the next I generation And he already got his money. He didn't need to uh, to uh, to ring out the yeah. next billion. Uh, he he got. He needs to do a better job for for the population that we all stand together and be no, not separated into left and right. And I would like mm. to. Talk I think I'd like to sit on that one. That. Well. Yeah, uh, and I, I wonder whether he has a sense that he had no idea of the beast he was building. Okay. I remember Netflix? there's a. I don't know if it's available in, in Germany or not, but on net, in the UK on Netflix, there's a program called Social Dilemma, and that's about um, social networks. And there's a piece on on um, Facebook. Okay. And there's one part where um, I think they talk to, or, or there's a there's a camera in an office with Mark Zuckerberg, and he has a um, a sticker over his camera on his laptop. And I remember seeing that, thinking, this is okay. a guy who's developed a social network who already doesn't feel comfortable yeah. with having his camera mm. visible to other people because there's ways of, of accessing that yeah, information. Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I doubt that anybody knew that, that, that social networks were going to become as powerful as they are. And I the mean, damage they cause. I mean, you know, we, like you say, you're talking about a general election yeah. in, in, in America and being able to use... You, election, yeah. Yeah, but just being able to use yeah. influence and manipulating mm. people in a way to get the outcome of a vote yeah. in one of the most powerful countries in on the planet. It's yeah, it's quite remarkable the power they've Is it Cambridge they've got. Analytics, was yes. that the one else? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. It's all scary. Yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So no, I don't know this uh, Netflix uh, docu. It's not on Germany, but uh, he's the yeah. guy is 39. He's such a young guy and he can make a much better job to keep the world together and not uh, mm. try yeah, to definitely. It's interesting when you look at somebody like Bill Gates, who now obviously is, is not so involved in, in Microsoft having set it up and look at the work that he's doing trying to you know eradicate 
um, you know, malaria and other conditions from around the world. You wonder if somebody of Mark Zuckerberg's yeah. age, he, he could devote the next yeah. part of his life to actually trying to become philanthropic. Yeah, trying to redress the balance in terms of how Perhaps those, those Elon social will save us all. Yes. Yes, he might. Yeah. Or he might kill us all. Yeah. Or he might kill us all, yeah. <laughs> yeah they He'll put us all in a rocket and send us somewhere. These guys are exactly these guys are blessed these guys uh, have the opportunities to do good things and they yeah. should mm. do yeah. good things I think it's a great point to finish on that's Christian that's a great, great message to finish on yeah. thank you very much indeed for your time it's been brilliant speaking to yeah, it's you it's been fabulous yeah, if brilliant. you find yourself in Thanks London you, we will definitely go out and if I find myself in Germany I'll give you a call it'll be lovely to spend some more time together anytime anytime guys it was a pleasure meeting you not thanks, no, thanks brilliant. Christian thanks keep, Christian keep well Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.